0: Welcome to the program. I'm Jeff Shackman. Clausewitz said that diplomacy was simply war by other means. During the Cold War, that diplomacy took many forms, from Richard Nixon showing Khrushchev around an American kitchen to ping-pong diplomacy with the Chinese. A little-known form of diplomacy was the role that arts played in the Cold War, particularly the realm of dance, in the hands of one of its great practitioners, the legendary Martha Graham. Although Graham claimed she was not political, Her company and her work were a real part of America's Cold War propaganda apparatus. We're going to talk about that today with my guest, Victoria Phillips. She specializes in Cold War history, cultural diplomacy, and international relations. Her articles have appeared in numerous publications, including the New York Times, Dance Chronicle, and Dance Research Journal. She has curated several exhibits on dance and politics in Europe and Washington, And before her academic career, she was a dancer and a portfolio manager on Wall Street. It is my pleasure to welcome Victoria Phillips here to talk about her new book, Martha Graham's Cold War, The Dance of American Diplomacy. Victoria, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Jeff, for having me.
0: Well, it's great to have you here. For our listeners that may not know exactly or sort of, talk a little bit about who Martha Graham was, first of all.
1: Martha Graham can best be defined um, as a 20th century giant, Um, often forgotten. um, She was equated with the likes of Einstein in science, Picasso in art, and Gandhi in human relations and understanding uh, by philosophers at the time. Um, Now that we're in the 21st century, um, she has been forgotten um, in that group by many. Um, She was um, a genius of modernist dance, um, and her attempt, her early attempts, were to strip down a narrative into its human essence, um, so that um, a work uh, um, about grief, such as her lamentation, would be something that could be experienced by anyone watching the work.
0: Why do you think that she has been forgotten in that pantheon of names that you mentioned? Why has she fallen away?
1: I think modern dance um, has fallen away as a genre, so along with names like José Limón, Martha Graham... Um, and others, um, Alwin Nikolai is another wonderful example of a company that toured extensively. Um, Merce Cunningham, of course, um, uh, retired his company when he passed away. In a sense, it's, uh, the, the, f- The problem of modernism itself was it was built on the idea of the individual, which, of course, is what made it very valuable as American propaganda, as a nation built on individuals and the power of the individual. Um, And thus, we noticed that all the names of the companies were named for people. Um, And those people, unfortunately, pass away. And companies such as Alvin Ailey and um, Paul Taylor have been able to use their names and redefine them after the loss of the founder. Um, and Martha Graham, of course, is attempting to do the same. Um, so there's, there is an implicit problem with modernism based on the idea of the individual.
0: And tell us a little bit about how she was roped in to, to being a kind of Cold War diplomat through her art, through her work.
1: It's an interesting push-me-pull-you. So she developed this work, I don't believe, with the government in mind. So in 1930, when she made Lamentation, um, there was no thought that one would tour um, for the State Department in isolationist days. Um, However, um, she, um, as time went on, it became clear that there would be State Department and other government funding for the arts, particularly under Roosevelt. Um, She was the first modern dancer to perform in Roosevelt's White House in the State Department um, dining room for a select few, and she performed Frontier the tale of an american pioneering woman who looks out over the horizon and sees great things which of course is perfect in the time of the depression um, it was for an elite group who would understand modernism and her legs swept so high it almost touched the chandelier this was an invitation by um eleanor roosevelt and we see again and again graham's connection to the white house either through the president himself or oftentimes the first lady, Eleanor Roosevelt, Jackie Kennedy Onassis, um, Betty Ford. Um, and then she had alliances with some of the men, um, particularly Ronald Reagan. Um, so she, there was, she had this ability to speak with elite members of society.
0: And yet she went out of her way, it seemed, time and again, to talk about how nonpolitical she was.
1: That's absolutely correct, and this is the paradox of propaganda, in a sense, in the Cold War, and why modern art was such a brilliant piece of propaganda. If the United States was tapping into the hearts and minds of mankind, a universal idea of freedom that happens to be attached to democracy and capitalism, um, the art of modernism does exactly what the beginning of that sentence would say, hearts and minds of mankind, a universal feeling, say, with lamentation in her tale of grief. Um, so the United States can take this and say, we're not speaking about anything, um, anything other than the, the human essential experience, which is defined by freedom. So her art can go out as apolitical, and she must proclaim that it's apolitical, yet embedded in this apolitical message is is a clear propaganda message
0: and talk a little bit about what that message was what was the way in which American ideas American values were were inculcated in her work and in what she was putting on around the world
1: so along with work such as lamentation that spoke to a feeling. Um, So if you were thinking about a ballet and Giselle and the tormented young woman whose heart is broken, um, Martha Graham stripped away the who, the where, the why, the when, and went merely for that woman's grief to explain in nonverbal terms so that anyone could understand it. Um, So there is a clear bid for the hearts and minds. The other interesting thing that the United States had to do was uh, promote the idea that the country is not just the bastion of Hollywood and hot dogs. Um, So we were a sophisticated nation. And in that, she brought tales that were derived from Greek myths um, and go straight back to the Western canon, um, as well as tales of religious leaders, um, such as Joan of Arc, always a woman center stage. Um, The other thing that she brought with her was her works of what were called Americana, which brought forth a very clear pro-American idea with the setting of the frontier, a bride, a husbandman, the preacher, his followers, the pioneering women. Um, And you have these wonderful scenes where the husbandman looks out over the great frontier Ah, uh, playing in countries that have just been decolonized um, and are looking at looking over their own new frontier.
0: You talk about women at the center of some of this, but yet she came in particularly later in her life for a lot of criticism from feminists for not doing enough, essentially.
1: Yes, she renounced the feminist movement, um, as she said in her work, um, they tried to claim me. And again, Uh, My sense is that this was in a bid to keep herself out of political movements. And I think we have to remember that at that time um, uh, there were many different strains of um, politics going on with the feminist movement. Recently we've seen tales of Phyllis Schlafly and the conservatives. She did not want to place herself between the conservative and the liberal movement. And of course here you can see it. She performed for John F. Kennedy and she performed for Ronald Reagan um, on tour. So um, it was very important for her not to attach herself to a political movement. People have claimed she behaved like a feminist. She ran a company. She was the fundraiser. She was the manager. uh, She trained the dancers. She was the choreographer. As she herself said, center stage is wherever I am. Um, However, she did not want to promote herself as part of a movement.
0: What impact from a diplomatic perspective did her work have, either as part of the Cold War or just her her touring in Europe and Japan, etc.?
1: you can see in the early years um, particularly um, her work had a huge impact um, uh, there was something called trickle down diplomacy which I love um, or it was called the cocktail circuit of diplomacy and um, in the early years of the cold war um, the 1950s um, she played to elites and was very very effective um, with with those people and also with audiences at large and with lecture demonstrations when she um described her technique, and there was a sense if a, if a Secretary of State Dulles came in and talked about nuclear response limited nuclear response as he as he would, she would come in and what they called soothe internal mayhem um, there was an opera um, that used lyrics. When they sensed internal mayhem, they sent out Martha Graham. That's what we call cultural exchange. So she, w- she was able, um, certainly, to tap into these things um, under, under certain circumstances. And other times, she failed miserably um, uh, and on some tours when it seemed like, like she was bringing heavy-handed Americana. And talk a little bit about the, how she was received. How was her work received? This has been one of the great questions um, of the book. And it varies country to country, year to year, um, program to program. Um, and for me, what the most interesting part of this was how did the United States government report that she was received, and then how was it reported within that company that she was received? And oftentimes there was a discrepancy, which is when I came, became a bit of a spymaster um, to figure out um, what, what, what the reception was. Um, of most interest was Poland um, in 1962 when it was sensed by many, that this was a very, very productive exchange. Yet, when I went into the archives in Poland, I found one of the most scathing reviews ever uh, that I've seen of, of a dancer um, in the Polish press. But sometimes people in, in, on the ground in the embassy weren't excited to have people in Washington read such reports.
0: Was there any pushback ever, in in the U.S., in the American government, to to her doing this, to what she was doing, to this kind of diplomacy?
1: There was a a wonderful moment um, um, when she choreographed a work called Phaedra. Um, And um, Congress um, felt very much that this work was an over-sexualized tale. This is in the late 1960s. Um, And um, the State Department understood it as a work of modernism, which is oftentimes has sexual overtones. Um, And there was a huge ruckus within the United States about whether the United States should be funding Graham's diplomacy, which included some fairly heavily sexual moments um, between characters, um, which was understood as modernism by the elites are a part of modernism. And there were wonderful clashes in which um, local papers in smaller towns said that if we send out barefoot dancers, the rest of the world will think we wander around barefoot. Um, And there were many arguments about who understood Greek myths and who did not. And really, these arguments date um, from the beginning of um, diplomacy, um, even and even before, between Congress and the State Department.
0: And how did she respond to essentially political criticism of her work?
1: She was wonderful. Um, so Mary Wigman, who had choreographed works for the Nazis um, and um, had, be- had become somewhat discredited, um, she came forward and said to suppress. Freedom of art um, is um, takes takes the United States back to the Nazi regime. Um so she relied initially on others to speak for her, and a litany of people wrote letters to Congress and to newspapers um, proclaiming that America was free and therefore should support the freedom of artists and should not control their output. Um, and Martha Graham, and typically Martha Form, said that she would not say anything, that she would let the, the work speak for itself. But at one point, she said, um, I will not be pawed by dirty hands. Um, and unfortunately, she was on a State Department tour when she criticized the government. Um, and indeed, that was the beginning of the end of State Department tours for some time.
0: Did she see herself in competition with any other kind of artistic diplomacy that was going on at the time?
1: I think she went along with many other people. Um, for example, um, she traveled with two planes, one plane for dancers, another plane for sets and costumes. Um, in the plane for dancers, they one dancer remembers that they often toured with an integrated tennis team. Now, this is fascinating because in the United States, we did not have racially integrated tennis teams, yet we were sending this team out as propaganda. So issues like that, of course, are very interesting. So if it was a sports event or something of the kind, um, I think she well understood the power of the collaborative presentation of the United States and herself as part of that. However, if um, it were a question of um, Merce Cunningham or Alvin Ailey um, or Martha Graham, I'm sure Graham would have fought long and hard in Washington to get herself the money.
0: She served many administrations, as you talked about, at the outset. Did she have a favorite?
1: It's not clear. What is completely clear is that she very much did not like Richard Nixon, to the point that she claimed she had never worked with him. He offered her the Medal of Freedom, which she declined, um, which I thought was very interesting and quite brave. Um, She had deep concerns when it was offered to her about Agnew. Um, and uh, the the vice president and his corrupt dealings. Um, Of course, at that point, we didn't know about Watergate. Um, And then um, she went on tour and left several weeks after Nixon resigned, claiming that she had never worked for Richard Nixon's administration. Well, of course, this can't be true because you can't plan a six-week tour of Asia in a few weeks under Ford. And as it turns out, her contact within the Nixon administration was Henry Kissinger. Um, And I I found numerous memos um, from Kissinger about Martha Graham. Um, And Kissinger, of course, stayed with the Ford administration. And then Ford offered her the Medal of Freedom. So now we see this lovely picture of Graham taking the award from, from President Ford. And indeed, Betty Ford had trained with Martha Graham as a young woman. So there was a very intimate connection with the White House under Ford. And what do
0: you think that her legacy will ultimately be in terms of the totality of these diplomatic efforts?
1: I hope her legacy will be, it works. (laughs) I would love to see more touring um, and people-to-people exchange as a rigorous part of our diplomatic program, um, from libraries to language classes um, to plays and orchestras and dance. Um, I think that, that exchange um, and the power of exchange that cannot be measured in quantitative terms, that must be relied on as something good and lasting, um, I hope that becomes her legacy. It's interesting
0: to see the Chinese doing something similar with Shen Yun and other similar efforts.
1: Exactly. Um, the Chinese dance company and also the wonderful work that was done for the olympics um these are you know beautiful shows and of course um it's nonverbal so everyone understands it we don't need we don't need a common language uh, to understand its beauty
0: Victoria Phillips her book is Martha Graham's Cold War The Dance of American Diplomacy Victoria I thank you so much for spending time with us
1: Thank you so much I really appreciate the opportunity Jeff
0: Thank you.